0: Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to the Tara Styles podcast. Yay, my goodness. Today, I'm really excited to chat with my good friend, Chris Carr. I haven't talked, seen her in gosh, I don't know how long years, years, and years, and years. And so much has happened with her that she is sharing in her new book, I'm Not a Morning Person. How cool is that title! This is a book about grief, about loss, about strategies to help you feel and help you move through life, so I'm interested, of course, for my own personal reasons in losing my dad earlier this year and everything that my family has been through with caring for him, supporting my mom, lots of things going on with that, my goodness, so I'm interested in her strategies and tools and all of those things. And really, I'm most interested in connecting with an old friend in hearing her stories, her growth, her change, her transformation. She has been through herself so much in her lifetime and has also had the energy to share with the world so much of her learnings and her growth as well. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with the epic Chris Carr, and I'll see you on the other side. First of all, like the title, geez, my genius friend. (laughs) I'm like, oops, she did it again with the title. I'll tell you,
2: my editor, not at Hay House, outside editor, um, she said that's either the dumbest title I've ever (laughs) heard or it's brilliant. And I was like, oh, okay. Let's go with brilliant
0: and yeah. let's give it a try.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's perfect. I mean, because I don't know. I mean, you're, you're funny and everything's, you know, it's I, I I think that's one of the reasons why we all love you, because you deal, you not deal, but you move through things with, you know, the humor that you have. And it brings out the ability to realize that we all can be funny, even in like all these awful moments. <laughs> so. I yeah think it's, it's brilliant oh, Brilliant. Hey,
2: I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> um you know it for me, humor is part of how the medicine goes down
1: mm-hmm.
2: and finding the light moments in the darkness, in the tragedy, in the heartbreak is allows us to to stay in them and navigate them in a healthy way because we know the way out is through and um, so humor helps me do that and that This is also true. I was not a morning person, mm. meaning like it was the one emotion I didn't want to touch. Yeah. And you, you know, you're in, you're a wellness teacher. You've been doing it for decades and decades, and people think you have the answers, and and sometimes you think you have the answers, mm. and um, and but this this was a hole in my education because I had deep resistance, and it wasn't until the rug got pulled out from under me again. That I decided to stop running hmm. literally and do this exploration. And then that, that's really how it came.
0: Wow. That's cool. Okay, so I'm I'm almost finished. I'm just I told everybody to leave me alone because I want to read the whole thing. <laughs> and it was, you know, I wanted to, but then I really just physically had to. Like you can't put it down, which I think is it's you. I mean, you're so easy to read and and the, and I love how you address your own grief from your own humongous life story with your own diagnosis and how you, and we all kind of run away. I mean, like you've known me through like so many embarrassing changes (laughs) in my own life. And, and I think your book really so far for me has, I I picked it up thinking this is going to help me with my dad and I'm (laughs) going through it thinking, well, crap, this is helping me say what the heck so many things of so many things and there's so much to move through and and it's okay and and to go there with sort of all of it and you offer the tools too which is freaking mm-hmm. cool you're like wait a minute okay now take a breath now create an altar <laughs> you know so you you make it easy to to do some things that help so did did that happen to you when you you know you're saying that the rug got pulled out You know, did you, and I love how you say in the book too, like the wellness tools kind of went away, but obviously you found was it through time or just through something else to put them back in or put different ones back in, or?
2: It was through excruciating pain. You know, so I feel like what happens is, is we wake up, we gather our tools and then we use them and we go back to sleep and then we wake up and we rinse and repeat. And hopefully this, as we continue to be human beings, we shorten the amount of time from waking up and going to sleep. Mm. Um, But all of that is super, very natural. And I held myself to such a high standard. And when I didn't achieve that standard, whatever that was, I would abandon myself mm. because that's what I was taught, mm. Um, and that was my original wound. As somebody who didn't know her father and had an absent father who didn't want to be a part of my life, that was my original wound. So that's what I would go back to because that's what I was taught. Mm. And so it's not until you say this doesn't feel good, and I, I have to stand for myself, and I have to love myself the way I encourage other people to love themselves. Mm. That I was able to start to thaw back into some of my self care practices, but it in in a totally different way with so much more kindness and patience and compassion and and I would say to myself, set the bar so low that you trip over it and concuss yourself. You know what I mean? Like, set the bar that low. Mm. Don't be Chris Carr, the wellness warrior. She is not useful here, mm. and um. And a, a lot of the work that you do, you know, I would practice yoga because it felt good. I would practice yoga because it, you know, would help my mental health. I would practice yoga because my thighs looked better when I did. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be honest. You know, there was like selfish reasons or not. You know, like ego ego reasons. But it wasn't until I went through this deep period of loss and grief and the past traumas that were coming up as a result of that that I realized that whenever I lose my mind, so to speak the way back in is through my body Mm. and like the practices that you teach took on a whole other layer of meaning, but also need and, um, almost like a different sort of medication, Mm. so to speak, because I was really, it felt like I was sick and suffering. Mm. And, um, so yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your questions, but it, it, the tools were always there. I just used them in a different way and and came back to them.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love talking with you and just getting together with people through you know the decades. And it feels like whatever the tools are. I mean, with me, it's I hear a lot more about yoga and ease and softness and stuff. And people, including myself, completely change. And I'm, I'm it, obviously, you've changed when like you say, like the shit hits the fan and, and you have to. And I've noticed since this happened with my dad in in in-person events, I used to want to preserve my energy and show up and then perform and then come back. And now I'm like, can we please just talk and be together? And yes, we're going to do the yoga things, but at lunch, can I sit next to you? And can, can I tell you some stuff going on with me? And can you tell me some stuff going on with you? And that kind of Layer just became so much more part of it, the connection piece. and the, like you said, taking off the you are taking off the Chris Carr, the wellness guru that we all know and love you as, and you're becoming Chris Carr, the person who knows all of this amazing stuff, but is also a human <laughs> going through it. So does that similar?
2: Oh, a hundred percent. I'm yeah. so deeply back into student mode and and sharing my experience and my stories and what's helped me from that posture. Mm. Um, And it's a lot more enjoyable for me as a teacher um, to be in like my own messy humanity. Mm. Um, And I think it it makes the experience of teaching a lot richer as well. Um, And the truth is, is like we're all going through similar things And I think this epidemic of loneliness that we're experiencing right now that only seems to be increasing partly due to technology and our isolation and separateness, but also from tribalism and the polarization of all of our politics and culture and society. But this epidemic of loneliness, I think we can start to chip away at it by being in true connection. And maybe that isn't always live and in person, but it is Saying I'm going to show up as me, and I'm going to share what I am going through, and like for example, when somebody asks me how I am, I might not say great. How are you? You know, I might say actually I'm going through a rough time right now. Thanks for asking. I don't have to dump all my stuff on the person, but it's those moments of real interaction that I think more and more of us are craving. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, it's also where more and more of us are awkward to sort of. Um, attempt those connections or feel like we even have permission to, or it's even appropriate because we're, we're so lost in that paradigm of loneliness and isolation and separation.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. I noticed that the first in-person thing we did coming back, it was almost, it was great. We were all just hugging all of the time, (laughs) but it was sort of like the hug never ended. We're like, okay, we have to go eat lunch. We have to go do yoga again. But yeah, that craving was there and still is there for me. I mean, even you being nearby in proximity to me. I'm like, when can we hang out? Can we do some? Exactly- you know? I'm like, I hey, chill Tara. What are you
1: doing? Chris will call
0: you when she's ready. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but-
2: I just want to walk trails with you forever and catch up. Like, it's been 10 years. Tell me every single thing that's happened. Yes,
0: they- <laughs> oh, there's one. Okay, so many things, but uh, I think a lot of people relate to this too. I definitely related to this so much. And I didn't realize that I was doing essentially not the wrong thing, but kind of the wrong thing. But when you talk about with your dad, and how your mom was such a boss handling everything with the spreadsheets and stuff, but how you went into like, project mode, I did the same thing. I'm like, I'm calling in all my famous friends to fix you, you know, we're going to do the swab test. We're going to do this stuff that I, you know, I won't do for myself, but I'm going to fix you and supplements and all the things. So, and I know that if you went through that and I went through that, you know, everybody's going through this, how can we fix this loved one that we know is not fixable? And, and how did you sort of, I mean, I love that you shared that your dad was sort of telling you like, no, I, I can't do those things right now, or it doesn't Feel good, or I'm tired, or whatever. But how how did that feel for you? And what was what was that like? Because I know there's so much for me to learn in that, and hopefully everybody else too, (laughs) and and myself as well, and
2: myself as well. Um, So, taking a step back, the book is really like its stories and observations and tips about what to potentially expect when you're not expecting your life to fall apart. And the central theme is around loss and grief, because when our lives fall apart, we experience a lot of loss and a lot of grief. And so one of the central stories throughout the book is my dad being diagnosed and me coming on my 20-year cancerversary and the global pandemic and all these things that were happening at the same time. A business was struggling a bit. And that moment where you decide, okay, I have to face these things instead of running like we were talking about. and those stories are woven throughout. But the this particular story that you're talking about was I was going into the hospital with my dad and we had the obligatory meeting with the hospital nutritionist. And of course I'm thinking this hospital nutritionist doesn't know what I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I've got all my judgment and all the stuff. And she walks in the room and she looks at me and she goes, well, you're, you're Chris Carr? And and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, she said, oh, don't worry. Just do exactly what she tells you to do. And now, of course, in that moment, I'm like, yeah, exactly. Do exactly what I tell you to do because I'm going to fix you because I can't lose you. Hmm. Right. You're one of you're my mentor. You're one of the most important people to me. You're not going anywhere. Just do what I fucking say.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, because where am I? I'm in fear. I'm in anxiety. And so I go to a place of control
1: hmm.
2: and I wanted to control everything. But people aren't projects. And that is what that story is about, because I talk about when I was newly diagnosed and I went vegan. And, you know, at the point at that point, twenty years ago, I was macrobiotic, and my parents are trying to figure out how the hell to make a macrobiotic Thanksgiving. And it's not easy, and it tastes disgusting. Like no offense to the macrobiotics out there. But um, and then the turkey comes out for them. And I decided to give a talk on the intersection of the environment and animal rights and health and well being, And nobody fucking wants to hear that. And I'm on my soapbox and my dad says, Hey, basically people aren't projects. Mm. I know this means so much to you and we're on board, maybe not all the way, but we're on board. But like, if you want your message to go far, you have to meet people where they are. Mm. And that, Was very impactful to me 20 years ago and was very helpful in the way I approached writing Crazy Sexy Diet. Mm. It wasn't, it was welcoming. Mm. But here I am, X number of years later, going back to that place of I know best. Mm. And he's going through chemo, he's going through radiation, he's got a very aggressive disease. All of the things, all the supplements, all, I did exactly what you did. I called all of the people, colleagues, you know, I'm putting together the team, the plan. And he wasn't up for it, not just mentally, but physically was not up for it. And I think it was his sharing of that and me and reminding myself that I'm doing old habits and behaving in a, a certain way because I'm so scared and I'm being led by my anxiety that I had to look at that and say, like, I don't know how long I have with this person. So if, if there's one healing power, I know it's love, Mm. (laughs) you know, if he's not going to have a smoothie and eat 87 supplements with it, Mm. like get out of the way. And can you show up with love? And from that moment on, it was like only love in the room. The intention is love. The intention Mm. is connection. This is the medicine. This is the healing path we're on. Everything else needs to fall away. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I got there too. From this, from my dad telling me to stop. (laughs) Sort of like only when you're told, and you know, I think we have a similar relationship with our dads. That sort of healthy, like, sit out. You know, like, like, I respect you. You're nice. You're awesome. You care for me. But when you tell me no, like, okay, fine. You know, so that's hard to hear. Yeah, it's hard to hear. But you're. I mean that that changed me i mean that changed I, I i it sounds like you've just i mean i know you change and grow and you're so smart and you've taught me how to do everything i know and you sent me a freaking juicer when i was like 20 whatever and like you you know just set my life on this amazing path but it it sounds like in the last you know several years of all this happening there's been this this sort of accelerated change and is that is that true or is that something that's kind of you know just been happening through every all, all the work you all the other work that you've been doing or is this kind of a big like wow this is this is big now
2: this was it mm-hmm. this was accelerated change i think i mean yeah. i think it was always i don't know if you feel this way it's always knocking at our door right we get whispers we get taps sometimes we get punched in the face like especially <laughs> if we ignore them you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um
2: so it it was coming but this was like Lock and load. You know, fasten your seatbelt. You can, you can scream and shout and claw and fight, but this is what's happening. Mm. So you might as well get on board. Um, I, I don't think that any of this would be deep in my marrow mm. if I hadn't gone through that experience. And I imagine that you probably share that feeling with losing your dad and everything that you went through.
0: Yeah, for sure, and. Yeah. Also, it's kind of interesting. The it, you, I know you're just you're so smart, and you're such a kind of fast learner to to heal yourself. And that's something I really loved about reading your book. You're like, okay, here's the trauma guy, here's the trauma woman, here's this story, here's that story. And were those things that you were piecing together during this time? I mean, I was I was kind of searching for all that stuff too um or is this like how did that all come together i mean now you've wrapped it up in this nice wreath really this is like beautiful <laughs> you know wreath <laughs> on the cover of of you know your your stories but also this real it's a real help book you know it's a you help book so how did you sort of um find all of these teachings and kind of figure out how yeah. how they help
1: us all
2: Well, it's like that saying, when the student is ready, the teachers appear. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in agony. So I crawled back to therapy. (laughs) Mm I was like, I'm done with this already. I want to put my money (laughs) elsewhere, (laughs) you know, but I crawled back to therapy and went back into that student posture um, and realized that I really needed support Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't know how to navigate this. And so that's when I started to piece together some new tools that I write about, but also relying on some of the older tools that we all know and use, but sometimes we forget we even have them mm. or we hold ourselves to such a high standard. I was, that's I was talking about before that we say like, why even bother using them? Mm. Um, but then when I decided to write this book, it was also like, okay, these were the things that I was using, but you know, you know, when you're writing a book, you're doing you're doing deep research. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wrote this book first and foremost for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that there were other people out there like me who were terrified of these topics and kind of felt helpless. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to create hope and resources for us. Um, but the book took three years to write. Too. Oh, my gosh yeah and and seventeen drafts. Wow. I mean, the first draft was like a big diary entry of drivel, like you don't want to even read it. you know what I mean it was a diarrhea. Um it was just blah. <laughs> <laughs> so it it's it shaped over time, and I think that the the creative process for me is it's not only shaping the work, but it's it's kind of shaping me. Hmm. So it was a beautiful relationship that I had
0: with the book. That's cool. um, you can really tell. I mean, I you know you've you've multiple New York Times bestselling books, like I've seen you kind of really amped up and and crushing it with all of all of your book every book you do, everything you do and and you're doing that with this, but it feels I mean, just from a distance, knowing you as a friend and also like knowing you as my you know superstar I look up to, like it feels really different in a really cool way. Um, does it feel different for you? This, this book, like having it in the world now and, you know, doing all of your press and the the stuff that you do all the time and you're used to it and you're great at, you know, I feel like with you, you could just push play and put you on the news and you just speak and everything makes sense. And you're like, here's the book. And everybody's like, yay. But does, does any of this process feel different for you? Very much so. Very different.
2: I mean, if I'm to be honest with you, that some of my previous s- successes, even though I completely believe in the work and the message of all the things that, you know, I've written about, um, there was still a lot of ego involved. And, uh, you know, there's still those, those the drive for a certain amount of accolades and whatnot. And um, with this book, you know, I'll, I'll share this with your community. I just found out I didn't make the bestseller list. And... It wasn't my intention to make the bestseller list. Um, and I, I know that people around me were a little like scared and nervous, yeah. like how I would take it, you know? And it, it, it I think it says a lot about this book mm-hmm. um, for me, not to the outside world, but to me, because it is not about anybody else saying you've made it. Mm. It is literally about saying, this is my offering to you. And my hope is that I can bring this to as many people who need it as possible over time, because mm-hmm. it's the kind of book that, at first, you you go and you look at and you go, mm, I, don't, mm, I don't know, if I want that, <laughs> right? And I knew I was getting myself into that even touching this topic, and so I think that this book is the book that like people give yeah. to other people, yeah, you know. And so there's a whole other. Hope for this book, and it has nothing to do with what it will give me because it's given me everything I need.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mm.
0: I've already done that. I mean, I bought I bought some copies and I'm passing them out. I mean, it is that because it's sort of just a way to connect and heal yourself too. I mean, when you have, I mean, it's not just, it's not only losing a dad or a parent but you know this how you explored grief is so wide and sort of inclusive i know that sounds maybe weird to say but you know it's it's helped me look at other areas of my life and be like oh shit there's grief there there's grief there <laughs> so so this is this is those books and i've even had you know friends in our yoga community that are like oh i you know it's really hard for me to read or I'm like, oh, she does the audio book. Like her voice is amazing. And that's so cool that you have Mm -hmm. that. So I'm like, give me your whatever account you have. I'll, you know, put it in there. So I think giving this book to somebody isn't just like dropping it off because you've read it. It's sort of, it's such a way to connect. So I do
1: Mm.
0: feel like that's, you know, I mean, it it seems almost like the spiritual thing of like, I'm sure you've had, I want to ask you too, if you've had like weird experiences, but like your dad kind of, you know winking and 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 showing up in all of these just random places, so I feel like my dad and your dad are kind of hanging out a little bit with this book so thanks for that I would love that <laughs> i want I want that to be true <laughs> but have you had i mean I love how you talk about too like you were a what's i would, i don't remember the phrase but a sort of part time atheist and and all of these things but have you had you know um and and I love that you said what was his mantra at the end about it's okay. And it's just something beautiful that he was repeating, but did you have in connection with him or just, you know, maybe after he passed or during that time, like spooky experiences of like, you know, you know, I mean, maybe some of this is like, just like you say, like hyper vigilance or being overtired or just, you know, nervous system on eggs or whatever it is, but yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I just think it's, I've talked to a few like near death experience people since my dad died. And it's like,
1: mm-hmm. I feel like I'm
0: kind of like you like what's going on. <laughs> but it's more interesting of, you know, if you're comfortable sharing, but no pressure. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, God, I, I love that. It, it's funny, because these are the I've done a lot of interviews as mm-hmm. I shared with you. And um, yeah, I always stumble around the faith portion of any interview, which is kind of funny, like, it, it's, it's just, it, it, to me, it just shows me a deeper place for me to explore, um, for myself, but, um, yeah, I use humor a lot. So I said in one section, I said, I'm a part-time atheist, mostly on Sundays,
1: That's what but there
2: are no atheists in foxholes, right? <laughs> and I consider myself more agnostic. Um, so I'm very, very open to the mystery and I'm very inspired and curious about it. And I've I am tickled at the idea that when I pass, I'm gonna get some answers to my questions. Mm. Um, perhaps. Mm. But I also don't necessarily um, feel that I need the answers now in order to live a peaceful, connected, contented life.
1: Nice.
2: And um And sometimes when I've been in the place of searching for faith, uh, I'm feeling really down on myself if I didn't have like what other people have when I know spiritual teachers are just like so lit up and so sure. Mm. And then, and I remember my grandfather who was also, my grandfather actually was agnostic as well. He said, I've never known the quiet comfort of God. Mm. And and I and I would I would long for that quiet comfort, but there was a part of me like I couldn't force myself to be a hundred percent on board. Mm-hmm. And so I was really tough on myself. And then I just well, what if you just like backed off that energy? You know, it's not getting you anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And believing in the idea that love never dies mm-hmm. because love is energy and energy doesn't die, it transforms. And so staying connected to that. Mm-hmm. Um So going back to is, you know, do I believe in the afterlife or do I believe that my dad is still there in some energetic form? I choose to believe that because it gives me comfort. Mm. Um, I choose to entertain that because it gives me comfort. I like being in relationship and I have tons of friends who are mediums who want to give me messages all the time. And like (laughs) when they give them to me, I'm like, yeah, it kind of sounds like him. And that feels good. But I have had signs too. And so I think it just, for me, it's just coming from that place of keeping our hearts open to what could be. And I don't have to assign any kind of value or definitiveness to it. Um, But I can tell you like a, a couple little stories of signs. You know, I was the first one I got was on Valentine's day and he died on February 11th. And my diagnosis anniversary is Valentine's day every year. And this was my 20 year. So my mother and I are walking on the beach and I'm just devastated. We're both like just ghosts, you know, walking and he would have always given me roses. He's always given me roses on Valentine's day. How's my Valentine doing? Um, And my husband, Gave me ro- red roses and he was going to give them to my mom because, of course, he would get my mom red roses. It was just our thing. Mm. And my husband was like, Oh God, what do I do? Should I get her roses too? It feels weird. Is that awkward? Does that make her think of him? Mm. And he was so in a bind about it. And I said, Look, if it's this, if this is so, so hard and it's troubling you so much, they're not yours to give. Mm. Just let it go. It's okay. You know, like, let's just be present with her. And I'm going to go on this beach walk and we'll do something later. I don't know what that is, but we'll do something. So we go out on the beach and we're walking, walking, walking. And then all of a sudden I see these two red roses standing at attention, like flapping like this. And we run to the roses and we're spending time with the roses. And I'm like, oh my God, look, it's dad, it's dad. And we grab the roses, we bring them back. We're crying, we're laughing, we're hopeful, And we get back to our car at the parking lot and I look up and I see this guy watching a TV show Mm. and it's coming on the the title card and it says, surviving death. (laughs) And I have countless stories like this. And so what I said in that portion of the book, which is like beyond the stars is, can we turn our lives into treasure hunts? Mm. You know, oftentimes we see absence, we see the absence of the person no longer sitting in their chair or at the holiday dinner or the clothes on the hanger, we see the absence, Mm -hmm. which is easier to see, right? Mm -hmm. But when we shift and we start to look for presence, Mm -hmm and we turn our life into that treasure hunt, that is one of the ways I think we continue the relationship in a different energetic form. Mm. And I see his presence all over the place when I shift what I'm looking for.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, that's just so rad. (laughs) is that rad? rad. I love you. That's rad. It's so rad. I mean, yeah, that's just... I mean, yeah, the whole thing. I mean the two roses, amazing. And then the TV thing. Come on. <laughs> it's like just in it's case right. you didn't get it, girl. <laughs> yeah.
2: Seriously. And, and and so it's beautiful that way. You know, yeah. it's, it's 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 we can continue.
0: Oh, that's rad. Oh my gosh. Um okay, there's so many things I want to ask you. And I know people in our community are gonna want to ask you this because you're, you know, you've done so much, you're doing so much, all these things, everybody's stress, everybody wants to do, everybody wants to achieve, but it's there's a there's a bunch of questions there <laughs> and i think you've been my hero since you really welcomed me into your life so graciously and introduced me to all my friends of teaching me how to basically use what i need do what i need and rest what i don't like this principle mm-hmm. of conservation of energy and and it's something i continually think of you whenever i'm trying to figure out what the heck to do with my work, with my family, with my time, all of it. So you're the boss (laughs) of that. You've always been. But I want to ask you, um, has that changed for you since everything has happened in the last several years and for folks trying to sort of get to that next phase of wanting Mm. to feel calm and connected and like they're living their purpose, like they're living a meaningful life, whether that's through a big career or just comfort in their family or just how do we get to the place where you wake up and you say, okay, I feel good about my life. I feel like I'm living my purpose and doing the right things. And I know you have so much wisdom there.
2: Mm. Well, I look at you, and I you're a mentor for me in many ways. and and that is one of the ways because I feel a sense of flow and connection and contentment mm. in you that transmutes. Mm. And um, even and we can have those we can have that energy, even though we don't always necessarily feel that way about ourselves, mm. right? Um, but one of the things that I've always resonated with with you specifically is like, I remember reading Rebel Yogi, you know, and I was like, I love that. Who is she? I want to be her friend, right? Because what that res- that symbolizes in me is this idea of going your own way and walking your own path and letting your path be enough and what you stay anchored to. And and so I reflect that right back to you because it's easy, especially as you get more attention on you to stray off your path, right? Mm-hmm. I can say I have many times. And so one of the sections that I talk about in the book is like I love to weave in some advice from my dad throughout. Mm. And one of the thing, one of the moments that I found to be so dear and so useful for all of us is this idea to make your golden years now. Mm. Um, because oftentimes we put them off, we wait, we say, once the kids are here or I'm done with this project, or we get to certain amount of revenue, then we'll blah, 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 Mm. And he had done some of that just like we all do because we're human beings. And then he's diagnosed with a terminal illness. And it was beautiful to see that in the four and a half years of his life, he did make so many golden moments. And I realized it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality and But he would say to me, like, what is, we were at this beautiful dinner for him for his birthday and, and we were doing something he never would have allowed himself to do because it was the summer and he, that was his busy season for his work. And, and here we are doing the thing he never would have allowed himself to do. And he said, I wish I had given myself more like this. Mm. And so when you weave those two things together and you say like, how can I make my life more golden now? And what is my more like this? Mm. I think it helps us kind of prune out what isn't. And, 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 you, and it's hard to know what you're a yes for when you refuse to confront what you're a no for. Mm. And, and I think that that's probably where, that's the biggest work that I'm doing right now for Mm -hmm. myself um, as a person, but also as a business owner. Um, Because when we say like, what is my more like this? What is my, what are those moments that I want more of? Um, They start to leave clues Mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and you can only do that if you get still. And, and, and you realize that the, the one other thing is, is like, there's this, I don't know if you relate to this, but like, I remember hearing this saying, like you can have it all, just not all at once. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And at at one point I found comfort in that, especially when I wasn't reaching certain milestones in my life. Mm. But now that saying actually I think is a lie. Mm. I think it does our health and injustice. And this is just my belief. So if anybody gets triggered by this, like take the best, leave the rest, throw it out. (laughs) But Having it all is a lot of responsibility. It comes with a lot of um, maintenance. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And fucking owner's
0: manuals.
2: (laughs) And like leaks and breaks and, you Mm. know, (laughs) water heaters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so like looking at what your all is and deciding how much you truly want. And then, and when you decide what it is that you want, you going all in, but not overextending yourself in a way where now you are a servant to your stuff. Mm. Um, that's a that's something I'm playing with right now. Like, if I were to build a life that I truly savor, as I continue to build a life that I savor, mm. what does that look like?
0: I hear you. Yeah, for me, it's. Um you know, we have this app now and our friends that have wellness businesses are like, okay, this is how you do ads. And like you got to do all these ads and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, if I do that, I have to be in meetings about ads. And I'm like, okay, so how do I make it sustainable and reach the goals? Like, can I ask our community members to like, just do the ads and maybe we can give them some commissions on what they sell i'm like can you do that and i'm like yes you can do that okay that sounds better to me right now (laughs) like maybe we'll do the ads next year but i'm like i just can't do the ads. (laughs) so i i I learned from you so much on that but yeah i hear you that you're you're doing it again but i think at least for me and for so many people i well that not not really not 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 very many people are on this path because like you said i think that the the trick is the stuff. I mean, even in our wellness business, it's like, oh, look at all these things I'm doing, all these things I have because of how much I'm
1: saving in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, and we get, I get, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in it. And, and, um, and I know it's a lie and I know I don't even want any of that stuff anyway. I want to feel good and I want to, you know, have a roof over my head and like obviously some simple things. But yeah, you're so, um, wise to share that sort of, you know, sustainable, I don't know what you would call it. Maybe that's the next book, like sustainable minimalism, you know, like, <laughs> Scar, like how to actually do the thing you want to do without being, a, being an extremist or, you know, chained to this idea yeah. of who you think you should be, you know? So that's, that's a major thing. So it is.
2: And it's, a, I think it's a push We all feel like, even if you don't own a wellness business, like we both do, um, or a business in general, there's always this push pull between my private life and my, out li- my life out in the world and my business life or my job and and finding a way to find balance in those and making sure that you, you have enough of a life mm. outside of what the world thinks you are.
1: Mm.
2: Um, because at the end, I think all we have is our memories and those moments that matter. And for me, it's just not about crushing another thing. Um, mm. it's actually, I love the word that you used at the top of our time together, which is softness. Mm. Um, it took me a long time to figure out that it, people say like, how are you so strong? How are you so strong? What, where do you find the strength? And I actually, I find strength in the softness, mm. the softness of how I care for myself, the softness of how I run my business. And believe me, I do not always run it soft, <laughs> which lets me know like, wow, you're just not in your own alignment right now. Um, but, but, but basically redefining what strength and success is. Um, you've helped me with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely when I practice yoga with you, even though I'm not practicing it in person, I'm st- I still have DVDs of yours, my friend. <laughs> I literally, I can haul them out.
0: That's awesome. I
2: have DVDs from the early days, and I still have a DVD player. Oh but my like,
0: gosh!
2: My team's like, "Grandma, you know, people stream things now." <laughs>
0: well, I've gotten better, so I'll give you the new <laughs> stuff. <laughs> we all improve, hopefully, right?
1: <laughs> oh. I love it.
0: I love it. Yeah, softness is the whole thing that I've learned from the healing arts because it's like a real thing. Like, if you don't have softness physically and mentally you're immovable and if you can't move you can't be moved emotionally and you can't really do anything and I feel like we've all been brainwashed that if you're soft you're lazy or that's for vacation but you really got to be strong and tough and rigid if you're going to get anywhere but really like the mechanics of it don't work like that if you're soft and moving with ease and moving consistently you you get more you get more (laughs) but you don't (laughs) damage yourself as much in the process. So That is so
2: wise. That is so darn true. And why does it take us so many kicks in the teeth
0: to actually let that in? (laughs) It just does. It's (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Can I do a quick round of like your five pillars of wellness? Because I feel like for folks that aren't subscribed to everything that you do, you make it so Darn easy to use your website and to find everything and learn everything, but you're are you, you're still doing the five pillars. They're in the book, right? I mean, they're like that's this is the thing. Like if you're like, how do I do wellness? What the heck is wellness? I mean, it's Chris Carr <laughs> five pillars. How much <laughs> oh, did it annoy you when that woman was like, "It's you"? <laughs> Were you secretly <laughs> like, "Don't you know something? I don't know. Can't you tell my dad something more?" Yeah.
2: Anything you got there or is it, you right, know, right. So I gotta do this too? <laughs> <laughs> so this is lifestyle medicine. This is just I think what I try to do is simplify things that um we know have worked throughout space and time. You know, and when I was newly diagnosed and thought this shit just hit the fan. How am I gonna take care of myself? I have no idea how to do this. I just stumbled You know, like a zombie into a grocery store and was like, oh, hello, vegetables. I hate you. And I think I'm going to have to learn to like you. (laughs) Great. (laughs) You know, then you just become a student of what does it take to feel better? Mm. Um, And for me, feeling better isn't having perfect health. It's not saying like, oh, I've overcome cancer or whatever your, if you're listening, particular um, challenge is. It's about saying, How do I feel better? Meaning, how do I have more energy? How do I have a little more vitality? How am I saying yes to life more than no to life? That to me is true health. Health is not the absence of disease, health is the presence of vitality. So, if we can put our compass towards the direction of vitality, we're doing a great job. And so, with that, the pillars are being mindful about what you're eating, what you're drinking, what you're thinking and how you're resting and renewing. And they sit on a foundation of stress management. So we know why, because stress creates inflammation in the body. This is basically an anti-inflammatory diet and lifestyle. And you can learn more about it, certainly in the book. Um, But the one thing I will say is, the the key word that I just shared was mindful. Mm. It was not about being perfectionistic it was not about setting the bar so high as we talked about earlier because I've been doing this for 20 years and there have been times when I've just been like gung-ho all in and that was uh, driven by fear Mm. but what I have seen is that's more sustainable for the vast majority of People is just like the little tiny habits and steps that you take on a regular basis mm-hmm. that truly add up over time and add up to that vitality that we just talked about. And so, I think anybody out there listening, let yourself off the hook and lower the bar because if you start to do that, you're probably going to get further than you've ever gone.
0: Well, epic, epic as always. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh my you. Gosh. I love you too. And it's all in this book. How wonderful. I'm not a morning person. I love it. Well, thanks so much for all your time and energy and wisdom and radness. <laughs> I love you so much.
2: Thanks for having me, my friend.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with my friend, Chris Carr. My goodness, I'm sure you could tell I did. I'm giddy over here full of love and joy and thankfulness and softness. I'm really grateful that she took her energy into writing this incredible book. I'm not a morning person, so read it for yourself. You can get copies for friends that are going through any kind of grief for various people, stages of life all kinds of thing. I really learned so much about grief in reading this book that it's not only about losing somebody, but it can be about transforming into a new part of yourself. So I'm not a mourning person. I'm a huge, huge fan of Chris for so long and just so grateful for her work, grateful for her friendship and for what she puts into the world and really who she is. So, (sighs) ah, If you want to practice softness with us anytime, we're pretty easy to find as well. You can practice along on the Strala Yoga app Can start your seven-day free trial anytime. And if you need any extra help, don't feel shy to reach out. Info at StralaYoga.com and we will get back to you because that's what we do. Connect and share and be together. So I'm on a Morning Person by Chris Carr. Ah, Yes. Enjoy and see you soon. Thanks for listening and watching. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.